recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. again to another episode of Under the Cowl, where we record uh, conversations that take place in a comic book store. This comic book store that I am in right now, uh, <laughs> Crimson Cowl Comics Collectibles uh, in West Bend, Wisconsin. I'm David Gloyd, co-owner of the store and your host for Under the Cowl. Uh, this particular episode was recorded on May 4th which was Star Wars Day, but it was also the first Saturday in May, which comic book fans everywhere know is Free Comic Book Day. So this one was recorded, actually not during most of the business hours. Uh, it, free Comic Book Day is typically a very busy day, and uh, so it would have been utter chaos to try and record a podcast during Prime selling hours but uh, by the time we recorded this for the most part customers had had come in got their free comics um, supported us by also purchasing comics which uh, also entitled them to more free comics so towards about the last hour or so everybody had left i think it was just uh, myself and katie who is a frequent flyer here at the store. She's a member of our comic book club. She's been on this podcast several times before. And so uh, we went from having a, a busy day to having just Katie in the store. And we talked about free comic book day. And we talked about her recent reading of The Walking Dead trade paperback volume one. Uh, which she has added to a reading list that she put together. Being a newer reader, she's seeking out ideas from from other readers, other customers, people like myself, uh, what she should read, and just, you know, kind of a recommended reading kind of thing. Walking Dead was one of those things that was on her list. She picked up the first volume, and we go into reviewing it here, and it really turned the whole episode into a zombie-themed episode. So, here you have it. Um, I guess let's just uh, go ahead and get started. So, thanks for joining us for uh, Free Comic Book Day. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you for hosting Free Comic Book Day. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, it's always a great day sales-wise. You know, it brings in oh, extra customers. Great. And- things like that and um, the hope is always that these customers that come in Mm -hmm. that yes they'll come in and they'll buy more sure Um, and they they typically do awesome we'll get get a handful of people that come in and they get their free stuff and they leave sometimes Um, that's all you can do but uh, but most of the people come in and they'll get something and then they'll buy something Mm -hmm. you know so that's nice but really what we hope for even more 
is that they come in, they get their free comics, they buy something, they leave, and they come back <laughs> right. on yes. other days. Because because we'll get people. There was there was a woman that was in here, and she she brought a you know bunch of kids in yeah, with her. Yeah, that was awesome. And um, you know it was nice, and they they spent some money and everything, mm-hmm. which is great. But she commented, "Yeah, we were here last year for sure. free comic book day." And it's great they come in and they they spend some money and they help out the store. But it would be great if you know mm-hmm. if they weren't just coming in that one time a year. Right. Yeah. Um. Aside from free comic book day, there's always. Uh, Halloween Comic Fest, which is a, sure. is basically free comic book day, but it's kind of a lesser known yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so many people know about it, but it works the same way. Nice. And the way that we do it, like every comic book store has their own ways of doing stuff. Right. For us, we do uh, a free comic book for every customer, and then for every $5 you spend, mm-hmm. you know, you get another free comic book. Yeah. And uh, it, it works out pretty good. I think if we were just like, yeah, help yourself to free comics... I don't think that they'd, they'd last very sure. long, and then you have people at the end of the day coming in and not getting anything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it uh, it works out pretty well. I just, you know, it would be nice to see some of these people come in throughout the year. Right. You know, come in, uh, come back on Halloween Comic Fest. Um, you know, even if you're not going to buy regularly, there's there's the events like that. Yeah. We've got great. We're a great place to buy. A variety of gifts for for Christmas or yeah. even for for birthdays or anything. Sure, like people come in and they buy stuff for Christmas a lot, and we do pretty good that month. You know, for like December. Sure, and we'll get a few people here and there that come in and they do some birthday shopping here. Yeah, but it'd be great, you know, if people would keep us in mind for stuff like that. Absolutely, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that we have here that make great gifts, not just for Christmas gifts, but the rest of the year as well. Yeah. So we recently uh, talked about your your experience. With uh, Watchmen. Yes, we did. You, you started that. Yeah. And today I know at the, the comic club you had a trade paperback. I did. That's yes. correct. Did you did you read that trade paperback? Yes, or did I did. did you just start on it? No, or? I read it. I read it cover to cover. It was great. Yeah. Do you want me to go get it? Sure. If you, right. if you want to talk about it sure. and tell us what you thought. I would love to do that. This, this is a... Book that it's an ongoing season or a, an ongoing season, an ongoing well, kind of series, a uh, season. Yes, because there's a TV show as well as a comic book. But yeah, issue 191 just came out, and I talked about that a little bit at the Comic Club. But you read volume one of. <laughs> I'm too short for this chair. <laughs> I need a step stool to get into it. I'm sorry. You were doing such a beautiful build-up. Edit that out. Yeah. I don't I'm like so editing stupid. things out. <laughs> I am so dumb. No. But uh, but you read volume one of The Walking Dead. Yes, I surely did. And so you haven't read any of The Walking nope, Dead Nope, never read any Walking Dead. Never, wa- never watched you the show. You didn't watch the show? Okay. Nope. Like, when it came out, like, it was, like, the start of the zombie craze, and I just didn't care that much about zombies. <laughs> and I've never picked it up because, you know, just... I don't watch a lot of TV to begin with, so, but, yeah, so in kind of my quest to read the classic comic books, or at least be exposed to them, uh, The Walking Dead was one that you recommended, and I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, I know a lot of people really like that, so, um, last week there was a bookstore, actually, that was going out of business, and they were, like, selling everything, and they offered the Volume Dead, Walking Dead, Volume 1, for five dollars, so I'm like, well, of course I have to get this. Let's just pretend you bought it here. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
That's okay. I'm going to buy all the other volumes here, so. Um, so it was a good chance to pick it up, Absolutely, though. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, it's called Days Gone By. It's by Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore. And so, like, having stated, I don't really like zombie books. This isn't really a zombie book. It's more like a people book. And I liked that a lot. So it's, like, about a group of, like, a man trying to get back to his family and, like, their dynamic and how the group functioned and, like, how people were still people even amongst the midst of this, like, terrible, awful tragedy. So I loved it. And it's gorgeous. It looks amazing. Like, this book, I don't like zombies per se but this book makes me want to know more about this particular zombie story yeah and um i had mentioned it uh, on the other podcast that i like the earlier stuff yeah. better when it was a little bit more zombies but you're right even then it was about the people yeah um you know but uh yeah how but, much do we need to worry about spoilers well, and this came out in 2001 this thing yeah it's so nearly it, 20 so years old been around for what like 18 years. I don't oh, want to yeah. do math. Yeah, math. Um, so, you know, I think that spoilers are pretty good. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody is worried about spoilers of volume one of The Walking Dead trade paperback, um, I guess don't listen for now. I'll try <laughs> to remember to put some timestamp on here or whatever yeah, and warn people of spoilers. But, <laughs> but I think at 18 years, uh, we can talk spoilers. Um, <laughs> you know, so. we're still not quite ready to give spoilers for Avengers Endgame, so our listeners do not have to worry about that no, yet. No, we will not do that. But 18 years from now, I'm sure we will be talking openly and freely about Avengers Endgame Oh, as well. my gosh. I had to go and see that because, like, for my coworkers, it's like a religion. I'm like, if I don't go and see it, they're going to, like, lose their minds. So I had to go and see it, like, instantly. <laughs> so I saw it last weekend. I work at a comic book store. I... I think I probably frustrate customers when they come in and they really want to talk about it. I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, well. m- most most things, though, um, I do. I I'm not someone that really is worried about spoilers. If yeah. I hear spoilers, I usually don't worry about it. This one, I'm trying to avoid. Um, but most of the time, people, hey, did you see this movie? Right. Um, and I'll say no. I'm like, but I'm not worried about the spoilers. Sure. So yeah. go ahead and talk about it. Honestly. Um, like, so speaking of, like, I have not seen Captain Marvel, and I don't care if I do or not, not not because I'm in the drama around it. I just don't really care one way or another. But honestly, I wish people probably would have talked a little bit about it more, because I finally looked up the plot. I'm like, oh, this seems all right. But, like, everyone acting so secretive about it, I'm like, I have nothing vested one way or another to know if I want to see this movie, so. Yeah, I, that was that was a good movie. Yeah. I don't think it was a great movie. Um but it was a good movie. I'm glad I went. It was entertaining. Nice. That's good. Um, I was talking to uh, Tony. Yeah. A- about it too, and um, I actually think that um, the what could have made it a great movie, um, believe it or not, was actually the soundtrack. I think that it could have used oh, yeah? a better soundtrack. Sure. They um, because it's set in the '90s. They went with '90s era music, but mm. there was they didn't play a, a bunch of songs that. Like there are certain songs that really say that era. Okay, like sure. you hear stuff that stuff that's set in the seventies. Oh they'll yeah, play stuff and you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely the seventies. Sure. Um, but the music itself didn't make me go, oh yep, this is the nineties. Um, for as much as they put in there, um, it was 
difficult to to be like, oh yeah, this is this is the nineties. This right. is set in, set in the nineties, and some of the stuff that they put in there, it was like very obviously we put this in there specifically to show you that this is the nineties. Yeah, I felt like they were really pushing that like way too hard. I'm like, it's a date, but <laughs> we get it. Um, <laughs> like, but it didn't seem like it was um, like when you watched it, you just went the whole time going, yeah. I mean, this is. This is the 90s. A lot of that had to do with the music. I think the specific song selection. Mm-hmm. There were other songs that they could have used that really sure. would have helped build that that 90s vibe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was part of it. A lot. It, it's really amazing how much a soundtrack can make or break a That's movie. That's true. Absolutely. Um, I think there, there have been some really mediocre movies with great soundtracks. Yeah, for sure. There have been um, some great movies that had... Just, they really fell short on the soundtrack, and, yeah. it, and it really hurts the movie. So sure. that that I think was was the case in um, in Captain Marvel, and there were other things that were like strong points, and there were mm-hmm. other things that were weak points. Um, but it was it was a good movie, um, in my opinion, as far as the MCU stuff goes. It didn't affect it. There's well, well, I, at least the current. I, movie. I don't think that there's been a bad movie oh no there I have like been all of them there have been great movies and yeah. there have been good movies yeah, there are some fun. that are just kind of okay but none of them have been just bad movies no. which is which is nice you can you know at this point you can be pretty sure that you can go see one of these movies and you know you're gonna like it even if it doesn't just knock your socks i agree i know it'll be a fun movie like even if it is like yeah okay i kind of can see where this plot is going i know it'll be a fun movie and it's kind of good because at least you know what you're getting. I think it's just for a while the MCU was such a novel thing that everything did feel kind of like a surprise. But, I mean, I I had a blast at Endgame. So, yeah, that was good. So, anyways, I'll, I'll get around to Captain Marvel eventually. The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. People who listen to this are probably so frustrated with my interruptions and talking about completely unrelated stuff. No, I think people who <laughs> listen to this know that by now that we'll start talking about something at the beginning we might not finish talking about that thing until the end of the podcast uh, that's too because true. we take a lot of detours. Yeah. Well, our regular podcast is more very formal. This is, you know. This is unscripted, unplanned, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Crimson Cowl Comic Club podcast yeah. is, uh, we, we have a formula. And everything's laid out. And there are certain parts of it that could go crazy. But, um, but there's a way to get things back on mm-hmm. track. This one... It's kind of like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But um, The Walking Dead is, this is great. Um, it looks amazing. Excuse me. It looks amazing. And it's black and white. But there's so much contrast and depth to it that it, it does a great job. Um, I really like the main character of Rick so far. Actually, okay, so there was, at last Halloween, there was a Walking Dead, like, issue zero that was kind of, like, leading up to the days before this, like... Rick um, runs into a father and his son, and that issue zero kind of talked about what they were doing right before this. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, Rick is, he was in the hospital, and he woke up from his coma, as people do, um, and, like, everything is just abandoned, and it's, like, super gross and, like, scary, and there's nobody around except these dead people. And so he, he takes himself out of the hospital, and um, he finds a town, and... He gets slammed in the head with a shovel, and that's how he hooks up with um, the father and son. And he um, 
he used to be a police officer, so he goes and he gets them some guns and he takes a police car and he's going to go to Atlanta to try and find his family. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like, this is the pivotal mistake to start off the story is that the last place he should absolutely go is Atlanta. But he goes to Atlanta and Atlanta is not doing great and he gets rescued. There was a scene I liked, um, like, so in all the Walking Dead previews for a while, we saw a guy riding around on a horse, so I was really excited when I saw him get that horse. That was cool. I liked it. Looks good. I, I thought it was interesting that he knew how to ride a horse, so I kind of want to know about that, because, like, I have no idea how to ride a horse, so I'd like to know a little bit about that. Um, yeah. It, uh, the city of Atlanta and the destruction, it, it looks really well done, um... I was expecting the zombies to be really gross and nasty, but so far they haven't been. Um, I mean, any more than inherently a zombie is gross and nasty. But I didn't know how gory they were going to be. Anyway, he gets saved um, by someone that I'm pretty sure dies tragically later. <laughs> so, but that was cool. Um, even if you don't watch the show, you know enough culturally about The Walking Dead to be like, oh yeah, that's that dude. So that was cool. Um, what the uh -huh. heck's his name? Glenn, I'm assuming. Yep, you're that's Glenn. To, yeah, he's I wearing a baseball hat. I don't hat. even have to look. Yeah. Um, I just a, remember. A yes, uh, that was how Glenn appeared. And, yeah. Um, Glenn. Glenn lasts a long time. Sure, he did. That's that's the thing. Is like The Walking Dead, um, in the comic and mm -hmm. the TV show, both the same thing. It's like nobody's safe. Yeah. And you get characters that um, are killed off when you least expect it and you get <laughs> characters where you're like yeah it's about time yeah and, right uh, um but uh yeah some some characters from early on last a very very long time you know and you never know if they're going to kill off a long lasting character or if they're mm -hmm. going to kill off someone who's only been around for a little bit um and it's more surprising in the comic book oh yeah they've done it, the TV show, they've done kind of this formula. Not always, but a lot of times, they'll have an episode that really focuses on a character. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, this person is yeah. in the end next next episode. Game of Thrones is like that, too, where like pretty much every single season, like episode nine, is either a huge battle or someone's getting killed off in a dramatic way. So, yeah, I can hear you with that. Yeah. Yeah, they always focus on one character. They really let that character shine. Just before they they off. Oh, they gave him a send out. So yeah. Um, another thing I like is um, like the emotions feel real. Like sometimes even when it's a situation that's genuinely stressful, like someone's reaction feels really like you know not not what I would say something that could be perceived as real. But also, I want to talk about how amazing the facial expressions are on these characters. Like, I'm almost glad they didn't color it because the amount of contrast in it really is allowing um, their features to shine and stuff. Whereas, I think adding color to it would even also take away of the sparseness that is what would happen in a zombie apocalypse. Um, and I like that he's genuinely upset that he goes there and he's afraid his family might be dead. And he's like, oh, well, there's this group of survivors, so... But sometimes, like, they'll be, like, characters that are supposed to be really stoic and, like, they never break form. Or, like, characters that are really emotional and yet they never have any growth where, like, hey, you saw this terrible stuff, so maybe this next terrible thing won't have as big as an impact on you. This felt a lot more balanced. Where someone who's very smart and capable and clearly motivated still has that moment of crippling fear and panic that his family might be dead. 
and yeah, then we, we see the group and mom, mom and dad are still alive. So that's good. And his little boy's alive. Um, so that was, that was really good. Cause I was like, you can't kill them off this early in the book. That, that would be hard. Um, but I was still happy they were alive. Um, but yeah, you really start to identify with the people right away in this. Um, one thing I noticed is, uh, sometimes even, you know, co uh, colored comic book, um, there's a lot of times when you're looking at it and it's really hard to identify the characters. I agree. I feel like people are skimping on faces lately. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> it's now, really weird. The Walking Dead. Um, I, I think later you, you get so many characters that yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, who's that? And, you know, and it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. Um, but they do a wonderful job of, uh, you know, really making each yeah. character, giving them their own physical personality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where, where you look at it and you know, okay, that's Rick. You know, that's Lori and that's that's Shane. Yeah. You recognize all these people, even when there's a group of people together. Yeah. Um, you can identify them. Um, when they show somebody and you're not sure, you could open it up and not have a lot of context, but you know who the character is mm -hmm. when you've opened it because you can recognize them by their face just like, you know, I would recognize you by by looking at you Aww. versus, you know, I don't look at you and I need some sort of context to know <laughs> which character you are. Yeah, right. I agree. I have noticed that too where I feel like in books they're almost overdrawn and then they skimp on faces and it's sort of like, eh... I would have done the reverse. But yeah, this book is very clear who's who. Like, even, okay, so here we see um, Rick and his um, former partner from the police, um, and I guess kind of his friend. And like, even though it's two guys that have very similar, at least like a shape to their face, they still look distinctly different. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's very well done. It, the use of light and um, negative space in these pictures is very interesting and very well done because, like, you feel the campfire light. You feel that it's starlight and stuff like that, even though it's it's black and white and gray. Um, yeah, what else? Um, I liked it a ton. Like, I read it all in one setting, which, like, if it were a book, it would be pretty normal for me to sit and read it all at once, but often with a graphic novel, I'll break it up. Um, but yeah, this one I read all at once. Like I was so pumped to read this book. Um, and I want to read more. So I'm, I know there's like 25 zillion other volumes. So that, that's cool. That's how I know that it was good. Yeah. was when yeah. I was reading it. Um, I, I came up in late, late to this one. Yeah. I actually, I had heard of the TV show and stuff like that. Sure. Um, I hadn't picked up the comic or anything. I was doing some shopping at Walmart. Yeah. And I think I was looking for a book for one of my kids, and I was over by the book section. Sure. And I saw the first few volumes of The Walking Dead sitting there. Oh, really? So wow. I picked, so I picked them up, and That's I kind awesome. of was, you know, uh, flipping through. I'm sure that they were there because um, the show was out and yeah. had already been popular. Uh, so I picked up the first one, and I kind of looked at it, and I'm like, oh, this looks really interesting. Uh-huh. And then I started reading them. And for, for me... That was uh, a library read. Yep, you know, I agree. Um, and uh, so I started, like, I'd, I'd go to the library and I'd pick up, um, you know, a few volumes at a time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to take me some time to read, but I just kind of, I went right through them. Um, you know, I'd finish one and then I had to pick up the next one. Uh, so they were... Uh, 
they were really, really good, and that's something that I actually don't own. Um, yeah. Versions of those, but that's something that eventually I want to put in my collection. Oh, absolutely. Well, don't worry. There's like a million volumes that you can buy. You can buy so. the trades. You can buy... Like the annotated, you can buy compendiums. So yeah, compendiums. Got um, all um, kinds of Walking Dead for you. Yeah, yeah, and if you're if you're gonna buy them, like I think like the compendiums are a great way. Yeah. To to do it because you you save money. Yeah, it's more money at once. Right. But if you know that you're doing it, sometimes that's the best way to do it. And we've um we've we've had a customer or two that bought them that way. Awesome. Um, so it's like. You know, you save a save a little bit of money. You buy oh, one of those, and then you can right read now. all that stuff. And um, you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, for some people, it's easier, even though it's more in the long run. Um, it's just easier to you know mm-hmm. um, to part ways with you know twenty dollars or, or whatever they yeah. are. I'm not even sure what the this is before they were doing the introductory prices for um, image books. This was fifteen dollars. Okay. Yeah. So you know, fifteen dollars, fifteen, twenty, whatever they yeah. are, it, at a crack's not not that bad. Yeah. A compendium, those are pretty pricey. But again, mm-hmm. when you compare the prices to you know all the books that come with with yeah. them, you, you're you're saving money. It's just harder to come up with that large amount at once. Yeah. Here's another, like, look at this amazing character moment, you know? Like, that looks, wow, so good. Like, you can feel the anguish and the shame and the shock on their faces. Like, I like the interpersonal stuff. I mean, and then here on the following page next to it, we have what could be a very graphic interpretation of, you know, a a zombie of a skeleton laying around. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward. Um... What else? Oh, there was a zombie attack that, yeah, I mean, my brain should have known it was coming, but it didn't. Um, Like, I know a book is good when I turn off my writing training and I just read a book as a fan or as a reader. And this book made me do that, which is awesome. It's like, not every book does. Um, Yeah, and the, the, um, what else? Yeah, it's going to be a struggle for them. It'll be really hard, so... Because there were already some deaths in this book, but um, there's there's more to come because it's it's a struggle to survive, I guess, in their world. Um, so as it goes on, you lose more characters, you meet <laughs> new characters. Um, it keeps you guessing um, on where they're gonna go with it. It it stays really interesting, and it and it changes. Mm-hmm. It evolves. Oh sure. Some of the some of the ways it involves, I lost a little bit of interest in. Yeah. And yet it made sense. I mean, because okay. it's going to do that. I mean, you're gonna try and um, find other people. You're gonna try and rebuild society, or you're gonna try and um, do something new right. to go on. You got to find a way to uh, not just survive, but to live. And so as as the comic continues. It goes more and more into that. And yeah. is it possible? Can we rebuild society? You know, what is that society going to be like, you know, if it's if we succeed in rebuilding it? You know, and it get, kind of gets you thinking, like, well, what would it be like if something happened? Not necessarily a zombie apocalypse, but yeah, that something happened that, that just, like, wiped out. There are so many different uh, real-world possibilities. 
that that could happen. And it's like, okay, well, what would you do in in a case like this where a large portion of the population has been wiped out, you're a survivor, but you know, society has broken down because we rely so heavily on technology and, you know, we really don't know just how good we've got it because yeah, we haven't absolutely. lived the life where you're hunting for your food and trying to grow stuff and like living day to day trying to figure out how you're surviving from one day to the next well uh, yeah absolutely not not in the way that uh that they have to do it here if you're not familiar with them there's a group uh called zombie squad yeah tell me about and, zombie squad and um you were here when when t Krulos was, was uh, t t Krulos is an author and he's written a few books and one of them his his latest one is about doomsday preppers. Uh-huh. And so he's talking about the various things in there. And one of these groups that he talked about and he learned a little bit about is called Zombie Squad. I've met some of these people. Yeah. It's a really interesting way of doing it because they take that fantasy of, like, what if there were a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. But knowing that, well, there's not going to be a, an actual zombie apocalypse they use it as a way to prepare for real world disasters. Okay. And they will teach people to prepare for real world disasters. Okay. But they'll do it while pre- kind of pretending okay that it's a zombie apocalypse. Okay. Because they figure if you pre- if you prepared to survive in a world like you get in the walking dead. Sure. You know, if you were prepared to survive in a world like that, you would be prepared to survive from natural disasters. Uh, sure you know, some sort of wars, any kind of breakdown in um, in the society that we have right now. So it's really a, a, a kind of a cool way of doing like this emergency preparedness. Yeah. So you can do it, but you get to kind of play around with zombies and pretend you're doing it in this imaginary world where okay. we've, we've had a zombie apocalypse. Um, my one son, Ethan, he did something like that one summer. Well, that's good. It was like a summer program. It wasn't Zombie Squad, but they did something similar. It might have been through 4-H. Sure. Um, where they had kind of this zombie camp type thing. Okay. And you would go in and you'd do all this different stuff. I don't think they quite had it as cool as, as they could have Yeah. for this zombie thing. But it was to teach kids some basic uh, survival skills and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think that that's kind of a neat way to do it, just to use sure. your imagination and imagine yourself in this world and be being prepared and trained to survive for a, n- a number of you know things that could go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. What would you do if there was... I know the theme of zombie apocalypse is like so played out, but if there was something, say, maybe a little more real world that was catastrophic, what do you think you would do? I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about it, even yeah. like the zombie things. You yeah. know, you, you read The Walking Dead or you watch The Walking Dead or any other zombie thing or whatever, and you're like, oh, what would I do? So I've I've run several scenarios through my mind. Sure. And so I've, I've thought about different things. I've thought about places that I could go if okay. I couldn't stay at my house. I've thought of ways to secure my house or to survive, you know, right where I'm at. Sure. I am fortunate that the house that I have, just the way it's built, could withstand a lot. There'd still be things that I'd have to do. Right. And, you know, I live 
right in town, so there's a number of neighbors and stuff like that. So it's not like i living in some fortress out in the middle of nowhere where I could just, sure. like, hold off, yeah. you know, for years. Absolutely. But you start thinking, okay, well, what, what could we do for, like, the immediate future? What would right. we do long-term? Things like that. And there's really a, a number of things, which I think is the best way to do it is to come up with multiple plans. Because that's true. any one well, of those plans could anything, go wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's actually a, a really good idea and true for anything. No. I have to tell you, I think I'd be dead. Like, I don't think I would survive. Like, honestly, everyone always like, oh, I would survive. I'm like, no, I would not survive. But if by some happen chance I did, I don't know how long I would live. Like, if I had n- nothing to live for, like, I'd just give up because I, I would not want to live in that world. And I don't know if I could see a way out of it. But like, if I was like contacted to get involved with helping like, then I would do it. Like, if I was one of the people who, like, got, you know, turned into a government contractor, or, you know, a, a militia contractor, whatever it would be in that case. Like, if it gave me purpose and gave me drive and, like, I think I could do it. But if it was just like, well, there's nothing. Like, I suck at camping. I don't like camping. So I, I'd probably die. <laughs> if, if I wasn't already dead in the initial whatever it was, I, I don't know what kind of disaster we're planning for. So. Well, I was in the Army for a few years. Um but thinking about it, that really just prepared me for, for war. It didn't yeah. prepare me for surviving on my own. Really? Okay. So much. Now, if I had done certain things in, in the Army, like been a Ranger or something like that. Right. That that teaches you more of that stuff. So, yeah, thinking about it, it really didn't help all that much that I was in the Army. Um, there's, there's a f- few things that it helps with. But not really... As much as some people might think, oh, you know, David was in the army, he'd probably be better off. Well, isn't that always the thing in these books where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go find that one guy who was in the military and he's going to know everything. It's like, what? But really, would he, though? Like, a lot of people are in the military and never have to fire a gun beyond training because it takes so many support people to, like, actually deploy people. I think it'd be best to uh, try and find a group of people that have certain specialties. Yeah. Like, um, like if you knew somebody who was really good at um, hunting and foraging, that's great. You'd want somebody that had some medical knowledge. Right. You know, because even if whatever's going on doesn't kill you or make you sick or anything like that, you still have to worry about all the regular common stuff at the same time. Right. Same time. At yeah. some point, you're going to need some sort of medical care. Yes. Or your family's going to need some sort of medical care. Somebody's going to need some sort of medical care. Yeah, so, absolutely. So you want somebody with, uh, like, a medical background. You know, you'd, you'd want to start assembling people with certain strengths into your group. Or whatever group that you're stuck with, you find out what their strengths are and how can we best use those those strengths yeah. to survive in this new world, at least until everything gets back on. Absolutely. You know, kind of gets put back together so i think that would be great i think anybody on their own would have a really hard time surviving for a long period of time some people could survive for months some could survive for a year or more but eventually you're going to need other people absolutely Yeah, yeah i agree yeah well something i thought that was interesting at the end is um a character gets bitten and you know, they're like, well, maybe he'll make it. And he's like, no, I won't. And he 
he decides that he wants to become a zombie because he feels like, well, maybe I'll see my family again because they were all killed. And I thought that was interesting because I just sort of imagine zombies as like, like shells of humans. Like they don't retain their memories or like have any personality or right. soul or emotion anymore. So I thought that was a really interesting take and also very touching that, I mean, if you're going to have to go and turn into a zombie, at least if that's your like final intention, I feel like that would be comforting. But I do wonder, like, are they sentient? Like, is is there something more than just like a mindless drive to move and feed? Like, are zombies like people in their own way? In this book, in this book, I don't know about the rest of the right. world or anything. <laughs> yeah, as as you get further into the the series, those questions will be asked because there will be ah, certain okay. there will be certain people who you'll come across in reading this that believe that these people are just sick or something like that, but their loved ones, they're, they're still in there. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have the people that are like, no, they're gone. So, yeah. Um, so that, that, that comes up and that'll be debated. There was a TV show on the BBC a couple years back and only had two seasons, but it was really good where it was that they were sick, but then they got cured and were trying to like re go back into society. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, Marvel zombies yeah. actually does that. Um, have you read Marvel Zombies at no, all? No, tell me about Marvel okay. Zombies. Well, Marvel Zombies kind of does that where there's this, something happens and all of a sudden all these people are turning into zombies, but they're not completely mindless zombies right. like these zombies in The Walking Dead are. Mm-hmm. Um, they retain their personalities, but the drive to eat each other is like uncontrollable. <laughs> That's terrifying. So, so it's like they know what they're doing and they're horrified as Aww. they're doing it. So you have characters who have, you know, their loved ones and whatever that they're attacking and they know what they're doing and it's just horrible. But at some point in Marvel Zombies, there's like that drive to eat each other is like gone. Okay. (laughs) And then they have to live with that. And they're still like kind of zombie looking and everything else, but they still have to live with that. So like, I don't Could you imagine that? Like being a zombie and, you know looking like these zombies do but then there's some sort of cure and after you're cured you like you know what you did as a zombie Ugh. attacking other people like eating their insides and stuff like that I, 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 I think me personally I would just as soon uh, be killed you know yeah well it's sort shot of, in the head or yeah right <laughs> like I would also not survive that experience because I would feel like you would get cured and you'd want to kind of go back to what you had because you have that memory and it's what felt right. But you can never go back like that part, like is you are just so forever changed that like you are forever chasing something that first of all, you have kind of lionized in the time between them. But like, there's no way you can survive something that traumatic and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally back to the person that I was. So I don't know. But one thing I think about, like, people talk about, like, disasters and act like, you know, like, it would kill you. But I'm like, no, more likely something awful would happen and you would survive, but you would be severely hurt or, like, everything, like, would be ruined around you. Like, I have a coworker who I'm actually really worried about the guy. He is really convinced that, like, something terrible will happen to the U.S. in the next 10 years and, like, no one will survive it or it'll be, like, completely catastrophic. So he's not bothering to save money at all for the future or, like, invest in a 401k. 
if it were just him, I'd be like, well, that's crazy, but whatever. But he's got a wife and kid and a house with a mortgage and two cars. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, look, more real world is that, yeah, bad things happen, but it's usually not like a binary thing where you live or you die. It's like, yeah, bad things happen and you live. And then a bunch of other stuff kind of happens or like, cause we all have our own personal tragedies where it's like, Hey, something crazy happens and you know, it, it's pro-trained for a long time, protracted for a long while. And, you know, but it's not, it, I've found that it's not so blank. Like even this is really bleak, but even in terms of like insurance statistics, they say young people are better off getting disability insurance and life insurance. Cause you're more likely to have something happen where you're permanently disabled rather you're just flat out right killed so and you can keep living after that but you will certainly have you know challenges and things you have to work with and overcome so i sort of think about that even with reading these books where you know is the walking dead a more accurate portrayal that like yes for for a certain segment of the population they were just gone and then there's some where like yeah they had this tragedy and now they got to keep figuring it or would it be more gradual and i don't know but I, I gotta tell you, if I did have to survive, like, and, like, dying, like, either I wasn't volunteered to die or I didn't just die naturally, I don't know what my skill would be, but my best guess would be propagandist. But that would only work once we have either decided we are, decided what we're going to do as society. Like, that is not an immediate skill to get you through the day. I don't know what my immediate skill to get you through the day would be. Other than that, I'm a female, and technically I can have babies, but I'd have to find someone who would want to have babies with me, so it'd have to be a pretty bad apocalypse. But there is actually a skill to that, so... Well, you know, in The Walking Dead, there there are characters um, that survive in different ways. There's a character that becomes a, a main character who survives the zombie apocalypse by lying because he he himself has no skills uh, that's not a bad to, thing to, to survive do. so he lies to get other people to you know to help him survive oh, you mean exactly like in real um, life <laughs> you've got characters who you know female characters who survive by using their body to yeah. get people to you know they do things absolutely favors for people who yeah. have those survival skills that they don't have yeah. whatever they have to survive so um you're gonna die otherwise yeah. i'm sure guys do it too i mean in, even in real life situations but so i guess you know although everybody's got some sort of yeah you can contribute skills. something just as you don't want to contribute being someone's next meal um yeah i don't know though if it would be ethical to bring children into a world like that like you would have to have gotten to the point where the the contagion or whatever it is is contained enough and you have a method against it and i've decided we are going to make a serious effort to rebuild society like just having a baby in the middle of that chaos like you would just be like honestly dooming them yeah <laughs> and could, everyone else around you yeah you could probably wait you know a couple yeah, of years yeah you should do that make good choices well, that was weird <laughs> Okay, so propagandist is out. Baby is an ethical thing, whether, like, what would the future... Although that's actually regular life of what would the future of this child's life, can you know, be like from what we think. So, I don't know. know, Maybe this is just a mirror to the harder choices in our life. Or maybe it's just a zombie survivalist book. I don't know. Even real world, I mean, that's always a question. It's like, do I want to bring a child into this world? Yeah. And it's difficult. And, like, I totally get why some people would say hey you know i don't like the world the way it is right now why would i bring a child into it Mm -hmm. other people think well i don't like the way the world is right now but 
bringing children into it gives us a chance to raise a new generation of people who are better than we are to improve the world. Mm -hmm. So you could look at it that way. I've thought about, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm like, ah, the world sucks. You know, I, I don't yeah. even, there's days that I don't even want to exist. Yeah, I hear you. Overall, though, I will say we have gotten much better. Like disease rates on average are down. Hunger's going down. Poverty's going down. So. So one of my goals as an adult was I, I always said like, and now I am a father, but. Mm -hmm. Of three beautiful children. When I was younger, I always thought, well, if I'm ever a father, my goal is to, I just want to be a better dad. Yeah. Than my dad was. And I kind of look at it like. Every generation should strive to be better than the generation before. I agree. So I think you can look at it as being, you know, if you're not happy with the world, I think it's okay to still have kids. There are people who should not, under any circumstances, <laughs> yes. procreate. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I think it's still okay to have kids, and you just try to do the best you can. I mean, that might be your contribution to making yeah. the world a better place. Absolutely. Is by... Um, raising kids and you know hoping i some of it i think is luck but um, True. you gotta, you gotta really try <laughs> and hope that you raise them to be better people mm -hmm. it's it, it's actually great when i look at it because i'm like okay i'm one person but now i've got three kids so if i can make all three of those kids better people than i am right the world is a better place because there's three better people to my one like trying to be a good person um, absolutely so i I don't think that uh everybody should just go oh the world sucks i'm not bringing kids into this i agree yeah again i certainly understand uh why some people do that and um their choice to make yeah but that's my two cents worth no. i do agree that like i think i would die but i think i would want to at least try and do something if there were like a terrible survival situation i don't know what i could do but i can't imagine like, even if it did end up in my death i think i would still want to try and do something and that, that that's honestly i agree with you where people have this attitude right now like oh the world sucks okay you're an intelligent talented capable being what are you going to do about it oh nothing okay so you just want to sit around and mope and we're all going to pat you on the head okay fine I'm just not going to talk to you for a while. But there are a lot of real world things that, that we have to, to worry about. Natural disasters That's and everything true. else. It doesn't have to be zombie apocalypses. Uh, for me, right now, I guess, because it's after 7 o'clock, it's yeah. time to close the store. Absolutely. Um, for mine would be, if I don't get home soon, my wife might kill me. That's right, and we don't want that. That's a very preventable disaster. So, yeah, uh, Walking Dead, Volume 1 by Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore was amazing. Um I want to read volume two. I think I like this better than Watchmen, which I will follow up on at some point. Watchmen's still good, but it's a very different tone. And honestly, it's a very hard book to read because it kind of twists your mind. Do you think this was meant to be a treatise on humanity and the end of the world or just a book about zombies and a guy trying to go on adventures? No, I, th I think it's supposed to say something about people, about society, how people are, and uh, things like that. It's, awesome. It's more than just zombies and everything so yeah okay. i i will tell you there are going to be volumes of that that you'll read that will not be as good as other volumes yeah but they'll be kind of just just like comic books yeah in general you'll get to an issue where like yeah so you you'll probably get to volumes where you're like hey, i read that and it wasn't great because they'll spend 
times when it's kind of preparing. They kind of need to do it to go on with, with right. other things. Yeah. But yeah, I think even when you get to those, I recommend continuing on because there will be good things ahead of those. Very good. Well, or thank you. Behind those or whatever. Yeah, this was this was great. This was fun. Um, I'm glad you had a great free comic book day. Uh, hopefully, we can get people back in. And uh, yeah, uh, happy free comic book day. Happy Star Wars day. And yeah, let's go prevent the the next natural disaster that could happen in your life. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl. <laughs>